helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. I'm old enough to remember the original Superman motto. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Sadly, those days appear to be gone. The Declaration of Independence said you had a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which is exactly what our governments and many institutions are trying to take away. Just look at the reaction to the Supreme Court finally realizing that Killing an unborn child was never a constitutionally protected right, well, until their predecessors made it up. Individuals and groups are targeted for disagreeing with government actors. Critical information is hidden away, and when it is found, where it cries that it must be kept secret to, quote, protect the democ- our democracy. How many laws, how many rules, how many regulations are designed to tell people how to live their lives? How many more are designed to suppress dissent to the ideas of today's quote-unquote ruling class? Now, there are those that say you will own nothing and be happy about it. Where's the pursuit of happiness there? It seems that censorship, irrationality, and collectivism has taken over most of the institutions so many Americans trust to guide their lives. In the world of classic Superman, there was Bizarro World, where Everything was backwards. I've come to realize that I live in Bizarro World, where truth, justice, and the American way is being replaced with lies, injustice, and the socialist way. Well, hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution, we teach the rising generation to be free. I'm glad you could join me today as we spend some time looking just how far down that Bizarro World rabbit hole the American society has fallen, and then ask ourselves, what can we do to change it? Now, this has been going on for decades. This is nothing new, ladies and gentlemen. But I'll tell you what, the release of the January 6th footage seems to have uh, exposed so much of what's been going on. We've been told for two years that it was, it was an insurrection, that it was a violent uprising, that they were trying to overthrow our government. But as I tell people all the time, when you look at something, when you read something, find out the context. See, it's really easy to to take a a clip of video or audio or or a a text out of context and make make it seem like it says something completely different. Now, the January 6th footage was very interesting because while we were told that this was a violent uprising inside the Capitol, we have significant amounts of footage showing there were throngs of people entering the Capitol through open doors, staffed by Capitol Police, in an orderly and, by the way, nonviolent fashion. In fact, they they would interact with the police quite cordially. There's abundant footage of the uh, the infamous, you know, the dude with the the helmet and the the horns. I guess they call him the QAnon shaman. That was the, the, the label they slapped on him. And there's footage of of him being escorted by police in full headpiece and makeup, by the way. It it seemed more like the police were giving him a tour 
instead of detaining him for some supposedly dangerous insurrection. Now, that's not to say there wasn't violence. There, is, there are segments showing hooligans breaking glass and, and fighting with police outside the Capitol. But we're also finding, as you see the context, that, well, much of it was, shall we say, selectively edited to make it more incendiary. In fact, some will claim it is it was doctored and dramatized, all even to the point of they added sound effects to the video to make it appear that the 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 event was much more was much louder and more violent. They added sound effects. They lied to you. Now, not that you should be surprised if politicians lied. It's their most defining feature. Now, again, I'm not saying there was no violence, but if you have a crowd of thousands of people and all you focus on are the handful of people acting stupid, well, that's influence peddling. That's propaganda, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, the mainstream media were just as much a part of it as anyone else. In fact, by looking at the entire footage, by having someone scan through and and looking at some of the things we were shown in context from its original form, we find some very interesting things. We find proof that President Trump clearly encouraged the protesters to be peaceful, to peacefully protest in front of the Capitol. He never incited violence, either directly or by implication. Of course, he was they, they impeached him for it, but he never did it. That the, the protester, they secured a permit outside the Capitol that the event was legally planned, and the authorities, well, they were not uninformed. The infamous, again, uh, Jacob uh, uh, Chancellor, the the face of January 6th, there's no evidence he committed any act of violence. He was peacefully escorted through the Capitol by multiple police officers, yet he's sitting in jail. In fact, the only violent death on January 6th was when the police shot an unarmed protester, Ashley Babbitt. Yet we have the, the kangaroo court, the January 6th committee. And guess what? They, there's evidence. There are bookmarks in the, in the uh, video, in the footage, that are still retained by the Capitol's computer system. And it shows that the members of that committee, they knew the truth. They had reviewed the tape. They saw what was there. And then they had it, then it was doctored to make it look like something else. Now, who did this? We don't know. Was it them personally? Was it the staff? Again, more proof that this last two years, the entire January 6th uh, uh, witch hunt was nothing but a political stunt meant to, to deceive the American people. And how can I prove that? Real simple. The leader of the Senate Democratic uh, uh, majority is concerned. He's all bent out of shape that this this footage was released to uh, Tucker Carlson. So he says it's a threat to our democracy to let the people actually see what happened on January 6th. It must be, and he's not alone, by the way. There are others, not only politicians, but even the media saying, this this needs to be kept secret. It's a threat to our democracy to let the American people know what actually happened on January 6th. See, I've come to the conclusion that when you hear people referring about a threat to democracy, what they're really talking about is a threat to the Democratic Party. Because this shows that the, the um, 
the, the, the last Trump impeachment was a sham, that the last two years of a kangaroo court was a sham, that the people who have been arrested may have been falsely accused and unjustly and falsely convicted because the information, the, 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 the evidence that was uh, all through the media was doctored. In other words, all of those claiming that the January 6th was an insurrection may in themselves be performing their own little coup d'etat, replacing the Constitution with their own political agenda. And the fact that they may be found out, well, it scares the pants off of them. Just listen to Chuck Schumer in his own words. These lies continue tonight. Rupert Murdoch who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth and from letting him go on again and again and again. Not because their views deserve such opprobrium, but because our democracy depends on it. Interesting. I don't know if Rupert Murdoch said it was these were lies, but notice his response to the actual footage. How can it be lies if it's the actual footage collected by the very Capitol Police that you're basing this information on? He called it a threat to our democracy because our democracy... Well, first of all, Mr. Schumer, we're not a democracy or a republic, but even then... How does, if the democracy is true, if the power is in the hands of the people, how does hiding from them what happened on January 6th a threat to the democracy? It's not. It's a threat to the Democratic Party. It's a, a threat to his position. But it shows you, what is the response to things they don't like? Shut it down. Censor it. Don't let it out. Do whatever you can. This is the state of the Democratic Party. This, sadly, is the state of many Americans. I don't blame solely the Democratic Party. Look what the mainstream media did. Oh, you shouldn't be spreading this information. Why? You've actually got the facts and evidence. Do they believe the American people are too stupid to figure it out for themselves? Are they afraid of the video and the, and the pictures that have been plastered over the internet and media for the last two years of the guy in the horn helmet peacefully being escorted around the Capitol? Were they afraid that the people would say, maybe they lied to us about him? Or the the uh, uh, the narrative that um, uh, Senator Hawley uh, ran cowardly out of the building, will they find the video that shows him being one of several members of Congress, Congress being escorted out? Are they afraid that will that'll, uh, 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 overturn the Democratic narrative? Now, again, I pretty much hate both political parties. I'm not a fan of, of either of them. But here's what I am a fan of. I'm a fan of the truth. I'm a fan of looking and seeing what I actually have. Don't just show me the clip media that shows me what you want to see. That's how magicians work. Take a look over here. This is what I want you to see. Pay no attention to everything else. Only look at what I'm showing you. That's what they're doing. And now that... Uh, uh, there's the opportunity for the rest of the people to see how the magic was done, how the lies were spun, how the misinformation was shown. They are terrified, like a magician 
finding someone who's telling them how the trick works. But ladies and gentlemen, I don't simply blame the politicians. Remember, we, the people, put them there. I left the state of New York in part because they kept electing this corrupt person over and over and over again. This man who lied over and over, and I, no matter what he did, he was never held accountable. It's one of the reasons why I left. Now, I am thrilled that the raw data is coming out. I'm thrilled that the actual facts and evidence have come out. And I want to look at some more of them as we go along. But I want to stop here for a second. And I want to, there is one thing I'm not thrilled about. And that was the, the partisanship shown by Speaker McCarthy in the way he released this. Now, granted, Fox News is, you know, people call it, it, it a Republican uh, news outlet, maybe because it's not Democratic, maybe because it actually puts Republican uh, or at least con- or conservative, the other side gives them a, 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 a somewhat fair shake. I don't know. But to release this to one news outlet that has a, a reputation for being somewhat partisan, I don't think is the best. Why? Well, has Fox News released all the footage or only the footage that shows what they want us to see? We don't know yet. Now, the footage they have released, that that Tucker Carlson has released, certainly puts the lie to what the January 6th, the Democrats and the mainstream media have been hawking at us for the last two years. That doesn't mean there's not more that would put a lie to what Tucker Carlson is out there. I don't know. Now, based on his history, I, I'm willing to give Tucker Carlson the benefit of the doubt, but that doesn't mean there's no doubt. I would like to see other people look at this. People from left, right, center, look at the footage, put your take on it together, and then let the truth win out. In other words, I, I guess the situation, it's better than it was before McCarthy released the data, but I don't think it's good as it could be. Because, again, this is not simply a partisan issue. This is not the thing simply between the political parties. As I said, the, the mainstream media has promoted this hoax this, this, that have taken out of context to promote an agenda. Many in Washington, D.C. are working hard to want to prevent this data from coming out. It discredited much of the accusations made against President Trump. And, by the way, accusations of me and others that pointed out that the January 6th event was not an insurrection. Even what the Democrats showed us was not an insurrection. But it also shows the hypocrisy. Because many of the people on the January 6th committee, from the, mostly from the Democratic Party and, and the, the progressive movement, they rationalize mobs, they rationalize violence, unless it's against something they believe in. Which to me is just more evidence that when they talk about threats to our democracy, what they're really talking about are threats to the Democratic Party. Now, I've got more to cover. I've got more to discuss here, and not just the January 6th, but some other things. But I have to take a break. Before I do, though, 
I'd love it if you head over to constitutionstudy.com. That's my other, this is my website where I, I do all the work from the Constitution Study, not part of the radio program. I've got articles, videos. Best of all, you can ask a question. You ask a question, there's a checkbox, says, please answer it on the radio. I will do my best to do so. You can sign up for one of my mailing lists and get notified about what's going on both in front of and behind the scenes here at the Constitution Study. You can even donate if you want to help support the cause, if you want to help me continue to bring this information uh, out to the world. Now, it takes a lot of work to bring this, to put this product out, to bring this information about. And I'll tell you what, sometimes I get to the end of the day and my brain is fried. I, I can't focus. I'm having a hard time thinking. That's when I reach for Healthy Cells Focus and Recall. It is a vitamin-based supplement, not full of caffeine and sugar, nothing but vitamins, designed to boost my short-term memory and my long-term brain power, all in an easy-to-use, travel-ready gel pack. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, I encourage you to try Focus and Recall and all the products from, from Healthy Cell, but you realize you can get 25% off your first order if you use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. So please, go to HealthyCell.com, use the code OUTLOUD at checkout, it lets them know you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. Do you know there's no other condition that I'm aware of where vitamins and supplements make such a big difference than COVID-19? We have a, an abundance of data that we need to be replete with a variety of micronutrients, and that includes vitamins, minerals, and other substances our bodies need. I rely on Healthy Cell Super Boost. That's Immune Super Boost. It's a, a gel pack that can be taken every day. I like to do it before I exercise and before I go out. It's a wonderful supplement. It gives me the Immune Super Boost that I need. Go to HealthyCell.com, use the promotional code OUTLOUD, and get a discount on your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution Study. And today, we're looking at, uh, well, is it lies, injustice, and the socialist way. The direction, the bizarre world direction 
this country is heading. We have to ask ourselves, do we want to continue down this road? You know, I always laugh when people say, well, we have to go. It's progressive. We've got to progress. But we never ask, what are we progressing to? And we've been talking so far about the the January 6th footage that was released. Tucker Carlson started reporting about it. And, And yes, I wish it was released more broadly, but... What we are finding out already is uh, how much we were lied to for the last two years. Now, it's interesting because we had a lot of this evidence. We had, we, we had reports from people on the ground about what they saw. But now we've got video, and video is a lot harder to, uh, to simply ignore. Well, for example, we all heard about, uh, uh, was it Brian Sicknick? an officer with the Capitol Police it was supposedly bludgeoned to death by a fire extinguisher. Well, except the video shows him calmly wandering around the Capitol building long after he had supposedly been killed. Was he resurrected? Was this his ghost? I mean, the fact is, he died the following day from a brainstem stroke that had absolutely nothing to do with the events of January 6th. But you see, it was a it was a helpful narrative. And when you control the narrative, you get to tell people whatever you want them to hear. But when you get the actual data, it's one of the reasons why one of the pillars of our study here is to go to the original sources. We want the original data. Take, for example, uh, Ray Epps. Now, he claimed, he said to the committee, that uh, when he sent a text to his nephew at, at 2.12 in the afternoon on January 6th, where he was bragging about helping to orchestrate the breach of the Capitol, that he was back in his hotel room. Well, there's just one little problem. See, now we've got video proving that he was still at the Capitol when he sent that text. Now, I wonder, will Mr. Epps be charged with perjury? Because that's what he's done. He lied to the committee under oath. That's perjury, isn't it? See, one of the other pillars of our study is is wanting evidence. When when someone claims something, that's one thing. We want evidence. We want proof, actually, is what we really want, because not all evidence is proof. You can provide evidence. Well, for example, uh, Mr. Epps provided evidence that, that he wasn't there, but the proof is he was when he sent that text. So when someone doesn't want to provide you the the evidence, it should set off red flags. Again, it's not proof that there's a problem, but it makes you wonder. You know, kind of like Pfizer that wanted to spend 75 years releasing the safety data that they supposedly collected about their their mRNA biologic that they falsely claim is a vaccine. They wanted 75 years. That should make you concerned. And the same thing here, when you've got people saying, this shouldn't be released for national security. What is a national security issue? Well, people will see how the police work. Really? All it really takes is a free tour of the Capitol. Now, again, I'm not one to say if you've got nothing to hide, you should give up your rights. But they don't have the right to this public information. This video was collected at the U.S. Capitol which is a public building, mean it's owned by we the people. Yes, the government owns it, but we own the government. That's our data. And we have every right to it to see if our employees, both in the in the legislative branch and, and at the Capitol Police and others, are actually following the law. We have a right to that data. We have a right to know what our employees are doing in our name. 
And the fact that they wish to hide it from us tells us a lot about them. Which, of course, begs the question, who are you going to listen to? You're going to listen to the video. You're going to listen to someone who's showing you more of the video. Or you're going to listen to The Wizard of Oz. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. The great and Oz has spoken. Who are you? Oh, I, I, I am the great and powerful Wizard of Oz. That's what I hear when I hear Schumer. Pay no attention to the videos that Tucker Carlson... Pay no attention to the video. I am the great and powerful Chuck Schumer. Listen to me. Who are you? I'm the great and powerful Chuck Schumer. No. You're the lying, corrupt person, Chuck Schumer. And if you had an ounce of patriotism, a gram, a milligram of patriotism in your heart a milligram of love for this country, a willingness to fulfill your oath to the Constitution in the smallest degree, you'd be cheering the release of this information. Let us find the truth, and the truth will set you free. But he doesn't want the truth. He wants the narrative. And that goes true for everyone who wants to hide this information from you the politicians, the pundits, and yes, even the media. So we've dealt with the lies. Let's talk about injustice. If we're going to talk about injustice, we really should start with what is justice? Now, it's interesting. I went to the current Merriam-Webster Dictionary, and I looked up the word justice, and it said the maintenance or administration of what is just. Okay, so I immediately looked up, well, what is just? And what's interesting is... What I found there is having a basis or conforming to fact or reason. In other words, being reasonable or proper, which is to me is really weird because when I go back to Webster's 1828 dictionary, the justice that was used, say, when when the framers wrote the, the preamble of the Constitution, where they said they were seeking to establish justice, you know what they meant? The virtue which consists in giving to everyone what is his due. Ah, justice. Something I can understand. Justice doesn't mean it's it's right. You know, two plus two equals four is not just. It just is. But uh, to say that uh, I'm going to protect your right to life, liberty, and property, that's justice. Now, with that in mind, listen to this clip where uh, uh, Bill Maher, Ask Bernie Sanders a question. Are we confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity in outcomes? Okay, that's interesting because I think this word equity has come into the language in the last few years. And before that, we didn't hear it a lot. And I think a lot of people hear equity and they hear equality. That it's the same word. And it's not the same word in the same concept. So how would you differentiate between equity and equality? Well, equality, we talk about, uh, I don't know what the answer to that is. <laughs> Come to think of it, you know, uh, equality is equality of opportunity. All right? We live in a society, we want all people right. to have whatever color your skin is. Equity, I think, is more guarantee of outcome, is it not? I yeah, think... I think so. I think that's Okay. Right. So which, do you come, which side do you come down on? Uh, equality. Equality. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right.
I find that very interesting since Mr. Sanders is an avowed socialist. And as an avowed socialist, he has repeatedly said, you don't have a right to equal opportunity, you have a right to equal outcome. He says that, that you know, you should be, you know, if you have too much of something, then, well, it has to be taken away so that the outcomes are equal. He said it was wrong for you to have a choice of 47 different brands of underarm deodorant because, well, then you have different outcomes. So here you have a man who has spent his political career, probably most of his adult life, promoting what we now call equity, who isn't sure what it is, and when asked, says, no, I, I want equality. I want equal, equal, the equal opportunity rather than equal outcome. <laughs> but that's not what you fought for for your however many decades. See, the interesting thing about uh, equity, about this idea of equal outcome, by the way, I, uh, the term equity as it's used is uh, just another lie. It's just another way to twist a word, to try uh, a twisted definition to get an emotional response. See, because the actual definition of equity is justice according to natural law or right. Now tell me, if you work your entire life and you save and you invest and you, and you, you maybe sacrifice, is it just for someone to take what you have earned and give it to somebody else so they have the same outcome? Is it just? Is it justice? by natural law or right, to take your hard-earned earnings to pay off somebody else's debt. It's not. But you see what happens when we, we detach ourselves from proof and evidence? Equity is, again, this is Merriam-Webster's online, justice according to natural law or right. What we call equity today is a lie. Equity does not mean everybody gets the same outcome. It's the same thing as calling America a democracy. We're going to twist the words to try and get an emotional response. So when someone says, well, well we, we want equity, ask them, oh, so you're asking for justice according to natural law or right? Well, yes, it should be justice and everybody gets the same outcome. Really, if you don't put the same inputs, you should get the same outputs? You know, think... Here, remember the, 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 the story Jesus told of the, the, the farm owner, and he goes out and he hires a bunch of workers, and he agrees to pay them a denarius for the entire day's work. And he goes out later and he pays, he says, I need more workers, and he brings more in at, at, at noontime. And then he goes out and he gets some more at like three in the afternoon. And at the last hour, he hires more. And he gave each and every one of them the exact same pay. If you worked an hour or the entire day, you got a denarius. That was it. And you know what the interesting thing is? The people that worked the entire day didn't think that was fair. They didn't think that was just, which means it wasn't equitable under the proper definition of the word. But you know what it was? It was equitable under the current misuse of the word. So let me ask you, are you willing to work an entire day to end up with exactly the same amount of money as a person who worked an hour. Now again, the story Jesus was telling you, you agreed to work the whole day for a denarius. But what if you didn't agree to work the whole day for a denarius? What if you agreed that you would work and everybody would put their, their earnings together and divide them up equally? 
And then you found that, well, that included the person that only worked an hour. See the lies and the injustice. Equity, as it's currently used, is by definition unjust. It does not give to everyone what is his due. It gives to everyone whatever, it gives to those who do not do the ability to greedily assume the work of others. Today, the word equity stands for greed, avarice, injustice. But how many people are striving for equity today? How many corporations are, are instituting diversity, equity, and injustice measures? Because somebody said it's equitable to pay the man who did not work exactly the same as the man who did. See, that is the injustice and the term equity, the lie. But here's the interesting thing. See, lies and injustice are pretty much the outcome of the socialist way. I, I, you know, people always come and say, people who think like me are, are on the wrong side of history. Let's look at a little bit of history. We have the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics that starved their people, that killed somewhere around 100 million of their own people in pursuit of their socialist communist agenda. You have, again, communist China. Now, the difference between socialism and communism is more a question of how you control the people, not whether or not you control the people. But still, under communist China, tens of millions of their own people were killed. Same in Vietnam, same in Cambodia. But Paul, we've learned from them. That's right. You end up looking at uh, like uh, Cuba or Venezuela, where maybe they don't kill as many people. But you know what? You're lied to every day. Your, your justice is, is, is only a dream in those countries. Is that truly the history you wish to progress to? You see, progress, for progress' sake, is a fantasy. If you don't know where you're progressing to, how do you know it's the way you should be going? See, there's a colloquial saying for that. It's called jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. Before you jump, maybe you should know what you're jumping into. Before you progress, you should ask, what are we progressing into? Because right now, if you look at the way this society is going, and by the way, around a lot of the world, a lot of the Western world is doing this, they are progressing from truth and justice into lies and injustice. And if we look at what that has done throughout history, the outcome is never good. Never good. I challenge anyone to show me a truly socialist uh, country that prospered. Oh, Paul, Denmark, Denmark. The, the, even they say, we're not a socialist country. We are a capitalist system with a, a, a large welfare net, a large safety net. But we're not socialist. In fact, uh, there was an article a couple years ago where the, the, the leader was saying, stop calling us socialists. We're not. 
So the question is, well, Paul, if we don't progress towards this, this dystopian socialist future, what do we do? Well, there are options, but we the people have to decide. And again, not all the options are good. So before we jump out of this frying pan, before we decide which direction we are going to progress, let's take a look at some of the things out there and see if we can figure out a better way to progress. A progress, I would claim, that would head towards truth and justice rather than lies and injustice. But before we do, I have to take another break. Now, uh, one of the things I'm going to cover after the break is uh, an article by one of my cohorts here at America Out Loud where we disagree on something. Now, we haven't had a chance to sit down and discuss it yet, but we will which is why I think it's important that you go to America Out Loud every day. Get the differing points of view. Find out what's going on from different lenses. And then take those in, that information, the stories, the podcasts, the videos, the articles, share them. Share them with friends, family, far and wide. Let's have an open debate. Let's not hide the facts and data. Let's not hide our opinions. Let's make them open and let the best opinion win. The best way to do that by going to AmericaOutloud.com each and every day. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health, and cultural stories. Seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure, a plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com Welcome back, Everyday Americans. If you join the Constitution study, this is where we're, we read and study the Constitution. We teach the American people to be free. And part of the way we do that 
is by helping people learn to study uh, uh, using uh, some techniques I've developed over my years of, of all sorts of different study. And one of the founding concepts, one of the founding pillars is this idea of going to the original document. Now, the reason I bring this up is right now, one of my fellow America Out Loud commentators, one of his hosts, uh, Greg Bolden, by the way, a guy I like very much. We've had several interviews and I, I, we probably agree on most things, but we have a little disagreement at the moment. Now, um, I've invited and he's accepted. We're working out a schedule when we can discuss our disagreement and, and see each other's point of view about a, a bill coming out of Florida called, uh, was it SB 1316? Now, you may have heard of this. It's one of the reasons, ladies and gentlemen, why I say don't trust the headline. Because the headlines I've read about this bill basically says this bill will require bloggers to register with the state if they blog about any Florida government official. Now, that, by the way, uh, that kind of got my dander up, right? I, so I I did um, at, at first agree with, with Mr. Bolden, uh, but I went through and I found the actual bill. And uh, reading from the bill, section two, if a blogger posts to a blog about an elected state officer and receives or will receive compensation for that post, the blogger must register with the appropriate office as identified in paragraph 1F within five days after the first post by the blogger, which mentions an elected state officer. Okay, if you're a blogger, someone like me who writes articles and stuff, and I'm writing about a Florida elect state elected official. They're saying I have to register with the with a state officer if I either received or will receive compensation for that post. Meaning, if someone pays me to write a post, I have to let the state know. Now, why would this be? In, why why would this be something the state should have access to? Well, uh, let me read. Uh, uh, the next paragraph and see if it helps make a little bit of sense. See, the idea is, okay, if you, what happens if you register? What are they, what information are they looking for? Well, it says they have to register. They have to make a report that includes the following information, the individual or entity that compensated the blogger for the blog post, the amount of compensation received for the individual or entry, regardless of how the compensation was structured. The amount must be rounded to the nearest $10 increment. If the compensation is for a series of blog posts or for a defined period of time, the blogger must disclose the total amount to be received upon the first blog post being published. So what they're asking for is, okay, if you're being asked, if you're being paid to write about a Florida official, how much are you being paid? Now, I find this important for one very important reason. It's a distinction between we want to register people expressing or exercising their free, their, their right to freedom of the press versus we want to know who's paying for articles and blog posts about a government official. In other words, I'm wondering is, is this meant to be campaign finance? Is it, is the idea is we want to know, you know, if, if um, uh, if someone's running for office, do we want to know um, not only when they advertise on the radio or television, but when they pay bloggers to do the same thing? 
I'm not saying that that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing because I haven't read the entirety of the bill. Uh, I, I, I didn't read the whole thing. So there may be good and bad in it. But I want you to see when we're talking about justice and we're talking about truth, my que- you know, the, the, the important point is we look at this legislation from what it actually says, not what, what some people have told us it says. Now compare that to another Florida bill I found. This was uh, uh, House Bill 269. And uh, it, it, it's, it's interesting. Again, the headlines I saw about this was uh, that it, it would make it, um, if you had any anti-Semitic activity, you could be punished with prison time. So again, I went looking and I found some interesting things. So basically, the, the, law, the first part of the law deals with litter. Right? Anybody who dumps litter in violation of another section not exceeding 15 pounds or 27 cubic feet, is, uh, um, has committed a non-criminal infraction. Right? So if you litter, and we're not talking about dumping large amounts of waste, just simple litter, it is a non-criminal infraction with a $150 civil penalty uh, from which 50% goes to, uh, I guess, the State Waste Management Trust Fund. Uh, I'm guessing the rest of it is supposed to go to the person who owned the property you dumped it on. Okay. The next section. The next paragraph. If a person violates subparagraph 1, which I just summarized for you, by intentionally dumping litter on a private residential property that evidences religious or ethnic animus for the purpose of intimidating or threatening the owner or resident of such property, the person commits a felony of the third degree, punishable as provided in other parts of the law. Furthermore, a violation of the subparagraph shall be considered a hate crime for the purposes of reporting requirement. So let me get this straight. If I'm driving along, I'm walking along, and I take my, uh, let's say, I, I, I take my hamburger wrapper, and I, put my, my, I take my lunch, I throw it in the back, and I throw it on somebody's property, that is a non-criminal infraction, and I pay a civil penalty. But if on that packaging, or if anything in that litter either shows um, religious or ethnic animus, or if it's purpose to intimidate or threaten the owner or resident, well, that's now a felony. Here's the problem I'm running into. It's also, by the way, a hate crime. But here's the problem I'm running into. If I'm reading this correctly, if I take uh, if, if I take a piece of paper and I write on it that um, uh, uh, we're going to come take your stuff, uh, you better leave or you're going to be in trouble or we're going to burn your your property down because you want it. And I crumple it up and I throw it on their property. That's a civil penalty. That's a that's a civil non. It's not a criminal act. I take that very same note and I say, and I use a, a, a religious slur or an ethnic slur, slur, and now suddenly I've committed a felony and a hate crime. Where's the equal justice under the law? Let me ask you, in, in uh, probably not so much, but there are probably parts of Florida that uh, think of, uh, say, Chick-fil-A, 
as a, a place of religious uh, intolerance. So if, uh, if I take somebody, if I, if I happen to throw a Chick-fil-A wrapper on someone's property, is that an evidence of religious or ethnic animus? Could be. In some people's minds, it is. Now, in Section 2 of the bill, if you harass somebody for a religious, because of their religious or ethnic heritage, well, how do you know you're doing it because of their religious or ethnic heritage? We had the knockout game, right, where, where um, in, in major cities, young people would go around, you know, knocking somebody on the, on, on the head out of nowhere. How do you know if it was a, if it was a, a race-based or if it was simply really bad kids doing really bad stuff? These are problems. You can't tell what's in somebody's heart. And again, if, uh, uh, put it this way, let's say you have two incidents. A black kid... Uh, comes up and just sucker punches another black kid, and then right down the street, a different black, you know, a different black kid sucker punches a white kid. Now, is one of them a hate crime and one of them not a hate crime? What if we reverse the roles? What if it's a white kid sucker punching a white kid or sucker punching a, a black kid? Do they have two different crimes, two different punishments? See, that's not justice, but that is how. Um, a lot of quote unquote socialist regimes tend to work by identifying special classes of people. Now, what's interesting is in the first bill, right, the one dealing with uh, registering, uh, uh, registering paid uh, um, blog posts for that 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 to deal with elected officials. I'm looking at this more of a. I think it may be an election uh, election finance type question, and I'd want to know more. I look at this bill, and I understand the sentiment, but really, is it just to treat people differently because of what you think they had in their heart? Or because whether they hate it, whether it was, it was a hate crime or not, they simply, or I should say a racially motivated or ethnically motivated crime or not, they happen to attack somebody of a different race or a different religious belief. Anybody else see the injustice going on there? Now again, I, I, I am, I've reached out to Greg. We've, he, he's agreed to talk. We just haven't been able to work out a schedule yet. And my guess is when we're done, we'll come to some understanding about a better understanding of the, of the law. Maybe he's seen something that I haven't. Maybe I've seen something that his, he hasn't, which to me is how we should be dealing with, with these problems. Now, one of the most important things, if we're going to save ourselves from the lies, injustice, and socialist way, is to understand the proper role of government and the different parts of government and how they work. And if we don't have, we don't do that, we're going to be in trouble. I, I'm going to talk a lot about this more in an upcoming episode uh, dealing with some legislation at, in the state of Tennessee. But for now, I'm looking at an opinion from a district judge named Brian Weems. Now, Missouri passed a law called the Second Amendment Preservation Act. And it basically said, listen, law enforcement agencies can be sued for up to $50,000 for enforcing federal gun laws. Now, this district judge said that that is unconstitutional. And he says it violates the Supremacy Clause, meaning that's invalid, null, void, and of no effect. 
So this is where going back to the original source is very important. The Supremacy Clause, Article 6, Clause 2 of the Constitution of the United States. This Constitution and the laws of the United States which shall be made in pursuance thereof and all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land and the judges in every state shall be bound thereby anything in the constitutional laws of any state to the contrary notwithstanding. So does this bill violate the supremacy clause? Well, again, let's go back to the original documents. I, I, I dug up the, uh, the actual bill, at least I think I got the last version of the bill, and in the bill it says, the following federal acts, laws, executive orders, administrative orders, rules and regulations shall be considered infringements on the people's right to keep and bear arms as guaranteed by Amendment 2 of the Constitution of the United States and Article 1, Section 23 of the Constitution of Missouri within the borders of this state, including but not limited to any tax, levy, fee, or stamp imposed on firearms, firearm accessories, or ammunition, any registration or tracking of firearms, firearm accessory or ammunition, any registration or tracking of the ownership of firearms, firearm accessory and ammunition, any act forbidding the possession, ownership, use, or transfer of a firearm, firearm accessory or ammunition by law-abiding citizens, any act ordering the confiscation of firearms, firearm accessories, or ammunition from law-abiding citizens. So is the judge correct? Now, this does not violate the Constitution. In fact, this law basically says, here are the things... Remember, the Second Amendment says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. He's, this law specifically says you can't force people to pay a fee, a levy, a or anything in order to exercise a right protected by the Constitution. You can't track the exercise of a right protected by the Constitution. You can't forbid someone from owning or using or transferring an item protected by the Constitution. And you can't confiscate something protected by the Constitution of the United States. So the judge is wrong. Now, does this violate the Supremacy Clause? Well, again, we, the Supremacy Clause. Only laws of the United States made pursuant to the Constitution are the supreme law of the land. So if Congress passes a law that violates the Second Amendment, is it the supreme law of the land? No, it can't be. So as the bill says, federal acts including law federal acts including laws that violate a person's right to keep and bear arms as guaranteed by the second amendment of the constitution cannot be protect cannot be supreme because it was not made pursuant to the constitution. Furthermore, executive orders, administrative orders, rules and regulations are not laws made pursuant to the constitution, so they can't be supreme. And in fact, I would Point back, point the judge back, since he's a judge and has gone through so many uh, uh, legal classes, that under the Miranda v. Arizona, where rights secured by the Constitution are involved, there can be no rulemaking or legislation which would abrogate them. In fact, I'll take it one step farther. From Norton v. Shelby County, an unconstitutional act is not law. It confers no rights. It imposes no duties. It affords no protection. It creates no office. It is, in legal contemplation, as an operative as though it had never been passed. I hate to inform our judge here, Judge uh, uh, Wimes, but your act is unconstitutional, and it's as if it never happened. And I would encourage the lawmakers and the executive branch of the state of Missouri to treat this opinion for what it's worth. Absolutely nothing.
And for those of you who are screaming, I'm calling for anarchy and breaking the law. No, I'm not. Because remember, that judge took an oath to support the Constitution of the United States. And his opinion violates the Constitution of the United States. The very claim he makes that the Missouri law is invalid, null, void, and of no effect is actually true about his opinion. Because his opinion violates the Constitution and the oath he took to support it. Now, I hope you like today's show. I hope you like the different areas I covered. And listen, if you have a comment about the or a question about the legislation I was talking about, you want to put your two cents into this discussion I'm having with Mr. Uh, Mr. Bolden, be my guest. Comment on this. I will share it with him, and I want to have an open, honest discussion. But if you want to be part of the solution, I ask that you listen to the Constitution study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard right here on the iHeartRadio Network. Now, if you can't listen then, all my shows go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio, which is when they will be open for comment. Find them on your favorite podcast app. You can find all the links to the homepage at americaoutloud.com. But do me a favor, subscribe and rate the show on the podcast. It helps other people find us. And by all means, share those links. By doing so, we share the blessings of liberty. 